0: Welcome! You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? it's episode 33 and so that means that it's the perfect time to philosophize alchemical notions what the heck does that mean we're gonna get into it we're gonna also get into transmutation which is the transformation of spiritual and physical nature alchemy Mm-hmm. yeah so the Sun is in the sign of Sagittarius it's in those early degrees, and so we're going to talk about this phase, this early phase of Sagittarius, which is really, to me, represents the the phase of synthesis, really starting to bring together concepts and ideas, so we're going to dive into that. Meanwhile, the moon is waxing from that beautiful new moon that we had last week. It's waxing into a first quarter square. That's the sun and the moon squaring one another. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about this mutability modalities and the signs that are mutable. Actually, the mutable signs in the zodiac, which represent transformation and change. And this week, there's a big mutable square piling up in the mutable signs involving Mars, Venus, Mercury, Neptune. And so we're going to get into that a little bit and just really work on the ability to transform and change and pivot our states of being. Who knows what we can manifest from that perspective. So let's go there. Take a nice deep inhale. And as you exhale, start to find your center of gravity, the root of your center of gravity, and just anchor it deep into the the depths of the core of earth. Really bring in that earth, earthly anchor. I want you to feel that gravitational center as you root into the center of the earth, Begin to feel the energies rising up through your central axis, through all the chakras and into the field, that space that surrounds you start to expand into the field. And this this practice that we do every week, this core calibration is all about being able to efficiently find our center of gravity, tune into our power source and move into the world from that centered place. I love really talking about the energetics of this. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I love thinking about and talking about the energetics of this idea of really rooting to rise as we expand into the field. There's this, in the physical practice, in Pilates and yoga, physical therapy movement, you might have heard a phrase that I use, the range of motion. Our true range of motion is all about Practicing that boundary, that place of where our full potential is. And we talk about it in the physical practice, which can be a sense of like how far you can extend your arm or how far you can create any type of motion, any of the motions, whatever that range is. Sometimes with injuries, we tend to have a limited range of motion. Some people are hypermobile and so they can have an unlimited range of motion. As we talk about so much in in the Hermetic philosophies, there is a polarity and the extremes of both sides are not necessarily the place where we want to find the balance. There's information in the extremes, but I use those extremes to fine tune my center. And so that's really what it's about, this middle way. And so this idea of fine tuning our gravitational center And feeling that true range of motion, not only in the physical realm, in our physical being and body, but in our energetic body, which encompasses the auric field. And so I have this phrase, the auric range of motion. This is the full capacity of of our energetic state, our true sense of being. And what happens often, like I said a moment ago, trauma and injury are really big really big components for minimizing, for minimizing the true range of motion. This is true with the auric range of motion as well as we get this. Sometimes we collapse our auric energy or we quote unquote act small, engage in the world in a small way, not fully bringing ourselves to our full capacity and our full potential, our full range of motion. And so this energetic full range of motion, it's not allowed, like, that's the interesting thing too. I have to say this because the, the balance again, between the extremes will help you find the center. But in that, in that exploration, we, we do have this tendency, humanity, and especially when it comes to movement has this tendency to go from the really small micro moves to almost so big of movement that you can't feel that real integration, that synthesis of the, of the true center of gravity of our, of our core calibrated, anchored and expanded in its beautiful essence, just balanced between this effort and ease and who it's, it's a lot. It's a big practice that takes, you know, it will hopefully take the rest of our lifetimes. We're constantly, I said lifetimes, (laughs) well, maybe, maybe some of us won't come back next one. So that'll be all right, too. But the the idea of really being able to practice and presence our true auric range of motion, integrated from a strong center of gravity that's calibrated in the core, rooted with the earth, expanding into the sky, and that heartbeat in the center of it all. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know, and this concept, this, this idea of our auric range of motion is really inspiring to me because sometimes the, the work inside the physical body is not as accessible for some people. A lot of folks tend to, some folks tend to live in their mind or not so much in their third dimensionality. And the auric range of motion is one way to play with it. There's also emotional range of motion. And so the whole concept for what I share, what I'm sharing every week is I'm hoping that we're starting to develop this, this presence with ourselves. Like I'm sharing this work and, and I'm telling you when I speak it, when I speak it through this microphone to you and put it out into the cosmos in this, in this particular way, I've played with many different manifestation processes, but this one has been so next level because I am, I am so clear that once I speak it, I'm becoming more and more clear that once I speak it, the universe is going to hold me accountable for this. I have to show up in presence and practice what I'm speaking, which is wonderful. We should all be doing that, being impeccable with our word, with our presence, with our vibrational resonance. And so this orc range of motion, this gravitational centering around our orc range of motion has this effect of home base. So from home base, from home, we can clear our mind and our heart, our body and sense and tune in to the energies, the way the world is speaking to us, but also where we have these, these balances and imbalances and we're always looking to just bring a little balance to the wholeness of everything. And so it's really cool because when we talk about it in the when I speak in practice and practice it in my own embodiment, physical practice, I'm thinking about oppositional energies. And we've talked about this through the Hermetic principles, the principle of polarity, that oppositional energy and finding balance within the extremes. This is also a full moon energy is when things are opposite. This oppositional energy can teach us a lot about how to organize our, our physical center of gravity. So for example, if you are feeling your center of gravity, slightly cattywampus to the, as I would maybe put it in my physical body, there's a little bit of a lull in the lower right quadrant of my org field. (laughs) There's a little lull over there. So the energy is like the gravity and the heaviness, the stagnation, the anchoring is almost extreme in that zone, in my physical aura. There's been some physical changes in my body that have caused me to have to work a little bit harder to focus energy, to move it from that stagnated, heavy gravitational place to the oppositional energies. And so this is really cool because usually if it's like, if it's right, then you go left a little bit to create balance. But sometimes it's not so extreme as far as the exact opposite. Sometimes it's a right angle or a square. And so squares often give us a different bit of a different approach where we can kind of come at it from a diagonal or from an angle. Trines can do this as well. And so we're looking for diagonals and angles too. So it's not so This is so deep and this is interesting because it is complex to explain without visuals, but you know, you, you practice the feeling of it. When I'm sharing this work, I'm hoping that you're catching a feeling and a sensory experience of it. And then you can start to do your own studies and conceptualize it in your own practice. But when I see it in the astrology chart, I can see it in the physical body too. It's this really beautiful thing that I'm starting to wake up to in my own studies this is one of the things. I can feel if there's a gravitational pull to one side of my auric field, then I can play with the oppositional energy. and to balance that out, I can work an another ninety degree angle, maybe a diagonal or t square, which we'll talk about in the astrology in a minute. And so sometimes you might find that those all that we might have, a high energy distributed in almost all realms, except for one. And that's what we're going to see in the chart. And so again, we're just looking to distribute in the different angles. So we'll tune in in a moment, but one of the ways you practice this tuning in, when I talk about rooting, we, we really, you hopefully you will start to sense this. There's a process of anchoring first, then feeling that vertical axis from the root to the rise into the sky. Through the expansion, we start to feel the horizontal axis, the right, the left, the front, the back. So those are the four angles, but what about the diagonals between? So you want to start to practice this, tuning into the vertical axis, the horizontal axis, and then the diagonals between along the horizon. So (laughs) we're going to practice this with the breath here. And as always, with everything that we, we ex- express and philosophize in this podcast that I do, with everything that I'm sharing and expressing to you and philosophizing around in this podcast, it's all about just taking it in little by little. This is so much information that I, I recognize that it's, you're not going to, you may or may not get it depending on where you are in studies or in speaking the language that I speak, you know, some of you have been studying with me for a while. So you might understand my language, or my, my dialect in this practice a little bit more. So just recognize that there are varying degrees. And some days, it's more fluid than others. And this is basically what we're teaching ourselves to do is where I'm looking to practice the art and science of living in rhythm, which is this practice of tuning into my core, calibrating that, tuning into the natural world around me, synchronizing with the cosmos, the sun, the moon, the earth, the sky, and then finding rhythm and grace and ease in that living one day at a time. One breath, one thought, one step, one day at a time. Okay, so let's do a one to three breath reset. You just get to choose because it's your rhythmic timing that's the most important. So I'll cue for a couple of breaths and you practice. I'll, I'll be cueing along, but you practice your own expansion of your auric field as you really feel that grounding and that anchoring of your center of gravity. You know, you want to root your center of gravity, rise and expand out from that. Really, really practicing where the boundaries are. Tune in. Where's the range of motion? Where's the auric range of motion? How far can you go? How big can you get? And really, like there's some philosophies, there's some, there's some speak of like the people that are highly spiritualized in practice that their aura is so large. You know, this is the whole point is like the aura can be very expansive if we give ourselves the the anchoring and the presence in that center to actually fortify it and let it grow. Some people say it's like nine feet, six feet, which is interesting. The six feet apart situation. That's like the base. Most people's auras they say resonate around three to six feet. But the other concept is that you could get it to nine feet. You can get it to nine miles, you know? And Frankly, that's a str- I mean, that's a strong nervous system and a strong orc field that can go broad and go big without collapsing on itself. So it's one thing to be able to like really expand, but it's a whole nother thing to hold that center anchored in gravity, not letting it get bounced around, wobbled around or f- pushed off center. And it, it, as I will always say, there's nothing wrong with being off. You just have to be able to get back in. You know, this is the art and science of living it. It's like, sometimes you're in the flow, sometimes you're not. And it's not about that. We will always have this, this balancing act between these two things, these polarities. And the idea is, is that you start to teach yourself to sense when one polarity or one extreme is going, is going off or taking maybe off center and being able to pivot in a timely fashion. Okay. So here we go. Take a nice deep inhale. And as you exhale, start to root yourself into the center of the earth. Feel that grounding and anchoring in the earth's core. And then start to light up the the vertical axis from the root. That light and energy starts to rise up through the base of the spine, through the lower abdominals, the navel, The solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, the crown, and out and beyond. Then you can expand, feel the horizontal axis expanding in the right side, the left side, the front and the back, the north, the south, the east and the west. And in your own breath's timing, you continue this practice of anchoring, rising up and expanding into the horizontal plane, and then start to feel the diagonals. Feel for if you need a little energy in that upper right diagonal, the upper left diagonal, the lower right diagonal, the lower left diagonal, lower left diagonal potentially more behind you behind your heart, behind your throat, the base of the skull. Take a nice deep inhale one more time. Feel that anchoring as it rises up. The energy rises up from that grounded anchor to feel the other polarity, the oppositional energy. Expand it out as you exhale. Open yourself up. Feel broad and free. And rooted at the same time. This is the art we're gonna be practicing today. So good. (laughs) All right. Whew. And so, the real message this week, as I looked at the astrology for this upcoming phase of the moon, this waxing phase, I'm seeing that there's a big message around mutability, transformation, change. Really allowing ourselves to pivot, transform, and change. And so I want to talk about the, the modalities a little bit. We've talked about cardinal signs. They're the ones that start the seasons. And then we have the mutable or the fixed signs, which are the signs that sustain and hold the energy of the season. And then we have the mutables, which transform and change us and prepare us for the next for the ending of the phase and the beginning of the next. And so this mutability happens in the zodiac signs of Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. So really cool because when I just say mutable, mutability, mutable, all this stuff, I keep thinking about the, I mean, the word transmutation comes into effect. Transmutation is the The idea of being able to change states of being from one form to another. It's this transformation and changing of one state of being to another. This is really alchemy. Alchemy is the art and science of transmuting spiritual and physical nature. Actually transforming and transmuting matter. The root of alchemy, the ancient study of alchemy is actually rooted in chem. It's the root of chemistry. Alchemy came before chemistry. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, alchemy is a huge subject. I'll tell you that. So have fun starting, <laughs> you know, taking that deep dive. The, the cool thing that I want to talk about specifically today is the inner alchemy, the spiritual the spiritual and sort of um, contemporary modern perspectives around alchemy. But ancient alchemy was, bare, was really about being, it was an early science. It was the transforming base metals into like lead and mercury into gold. And so it was that, but it was so much more too. It was basically about really being able to, again, transform and change the spiritual and physical nature of things, of matter, of life. And so the art and science of transmuting spiritual and physical nature into other forms of matter can be a really profound experience. And this is what we learn through the evolution of the zodiac signs that are mutable is we learn how to synthesize and transform and change We learn how to grow from, how to evolve through, how to compile and organize concepts into a new form or a new thought or a new idea, a brand new experience. And this is what we're being called to do on such a soul level right now. I can feel it in my heart of hearts and in the, to the bottom of my soul, the depths of my soul. These are times, I mean, (laughs) It doesn't take any of this study to think about, to recognize that these are transformative times. And we're on the precipice right now of new beginnings. There's a change. There's a, there's an ending occurring at the same time as there are new beginning rumblings occurring. And the, the mutability is calling, especially in the sign of Sagittarius is calling us to take, to take steps into actually transmuting the ideas, the beliefs, the concepts that we've been cultivating, our new value systems that we've been cultivating and start to integrate them and synthesize them into something that we can apply for the future. It's so fun. It's so fun. And it's so much work too, but this is the whole thing. And what has, it's really beautiful because I can feel this in my personal life so much to where it is the evolution of this podcast is me transmuting some of my ideas and beliefs. I've been alchemizing my spiritual practice, my physical practice, <laughs> just to try to be a better human in this time of change and to and to reach my highest potential. Like we talked about earlier, this, this idea of really going for my full capacity, my full range of motion, where I'm at my fullest wholeness oneness these are the things that humanity seeks and in, in a way what's beautiful is that it ha- it happens on an individual level and the more of us that are doing this in our own personal in our own personal way and then we show up together that's community that's where we can come together is through our vibrational resonance our highest potential presence we come together from that and we can really start to make change and transform. It's so beautiful and deep. Okay. So, okay. So let's now let's talk a little bit more about these mutable signs. So at the, we are right now, the sun is at the beginning of the early degrees of Sagittarius, which is a mutable sign, the middle of autumn in the Northern hemisphere. Now it's my personal belief in Experience that Sagittarius is a sign of great alchemy, of philosophy, of their, their philosophers, their sages. Sagittarius is the ultimate alchemist. Sagittarius is a sign as it comes, as it evolves through the Zodiac. Sagittarius is pulling together so many concepts and ideas not only in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. And it's starting to bring forth new concepts, new ideas, new understanding of the natural world that we live in. And and if the Sagittarius energy is used efficiently or cosmically even, it has the capacity, I believe, to start to change hearts and minds. So it can be obvious, like I said, it's a personal thing. And some of these Sagittarians are teachers and spiritual leaders and healers. So whether they're doing it, hopefully they're doing it for themselves. I mean, if they're not, then don't go. <laughs> but, you know, so this is the thing is like, again, some people are sharing this information, and some people are learning it, and some people are really practicing the synthesis of both student and teaching. Like I was talking about, you know, the student and teacher, the student. The Sagittarius is the student and the teacher because they're never done learning. And that's really what alchemists, the ancient alchemists were doing was compiling all their information and their data and their philosophies and their observations of life, the natural world itself, and finding ways of establishing new thought processes, new new alchemical processes that basically can change that can transform and change the hearts and minds of humanity. It's really inspiring when you think about it from that perspective. You know, and I'm the I'm a romantic I'm a romantic philosopher. I'm like an alchemist. I'm an alchemist, I'll say that. I'm I'm a romantic philosopher too cuz that the Sagittarius in my chart keeps me on the optimistic side where I love to romanticize and philosophize about this stuff on the, on the sunny side. You know, there's always the, woo, the other side, the opposite side of the spectrum. And there's not a right or wrong to them, but because I believe that my, the way I'm synthesizing the world, my thoughts, my ideas, my feelings, my thoughts and feelings and my belief systems are, I I just believe this to the core of me, that my thoughts and feelings creating my reality. And so if I'm focusing on the sunny side, for lack of a better word, phrase, the sunny side, rather than the shadow side, and I just, I feel like the shadow stuff comes up and then I can learn how to synthesize it and make it turn it into gold. You take that heavy lead or mercury and you transmute it into gold. So mutability from the Sagittarius perspective gives us the opportunity to start to synthesize our ideas and our philosophies and our deepest beliefs into concepts and ways of living. And basically this podcast, this living in rhythm is a way, it's the place Years ago, when I came up with the phrase living in rhythm for myself, I was looking for I love playing with words, as you know, I was looking for a phrase that could help me put some of these things that I knew were important, but I didn't know how they all came together. They just went in the living in rhythm folder. (laughs) They went into that file, so to speak. And As I studied, I'm like, you know, as I continue my studies, I'm like, that goes in the living room file. Everything started going in that file. And this, this is the perfect example of like synthesizing that information and turning it into a concept or a belief system or a way of living that I can actually work with and use to bring fulfillment, to bring energy, to bring life, to be able to expand and, and play with my range of motion. And so that's cool. So cool. Meanwhile, so that's the sun in Sagittarius. Meanwhile, we have the moon that's waxing crescent and waxing towards the first quarter square. And as it squares the sun, it'll be a 90 degree angle. First quarter square is what we call it. That's always a half moon. The first quarter square is where the right side of the moon is illuminated. That's the waxing moon. And so this first quarter square takes place on the 30th of November, and that's where the sun and the moon are at about a 90 degree angle. And so it makes a half moon, and that's going to be at eight degrees Sagittarius with the sun and eight degrees Pisces with the moon. So this Pisces and the moon and the sun squaring one another, they're squaring in a mutable in the mutable signs of Sagittarius and Pisces. What I love about the Piscean mutability is that the Piscean mutability is so boundless and vast and like, let me just have to take a deep breath, but the, the, it's, it's all so expansive that there's almost like talk about hypermobility or, or outer realms of range of motion. It is so broad that the, the Pisces is not really the Piscean mutability is not looking for range of motion. Sagittarius is. That's what I want to say about that. Because the Piscean mutability is really about going so broad and so big. It's highly love, highly, highly spiritual, highly conscious, high loving. When you're looking at it from the sunny side, (laughs) it can be highly diluted, highly delusional, highly destructive, disoriented, you know, on the, on the flip. So that moon squaring the sun in the mutable signs is, again, asking us to fine tune the range of motion. We don't want to keep it so tight that we don't let ourselves grow and expand. And at the same time, if we go too far, we can maybe lose balance and lose lose a little bit of the origination, that, that true anchor or center of gravity. And, you know, as human beings on earth, I, I feel like it's so important. The third dimension, the physical body, the rooting into the earth is extremely key when exploring these cosmic concepts, these alchemical notions, these spiritual practices. It's very much important to keep that anchored, grounded presence and then allowing ourselves to expand and experience in that range of motion, that auric field from from an anchored place. So it's true in the physical body. It's true in the spiritual energetic body as well. Okay. So on the same day, November 30th, we've got a mutable T-square. And basically what that is, is we have a T makes three points, right? We have the cross, the, the one the T. Okay, so the T shape, <laughs> there's three main points. We have the two sides and the one point in the center. So a T square is basically, the squares all occur, 90 degree angles occur in the modalities. So if I say a mutable T square is occurring, that means that there's 90 degree angles happening in, in the mutable signs of Gemini, Virgo, Sag, and Pisces. So on that same day of the half moon, we have a mutable T square between 18 degrees and 22 degrees of mutable signs. Now you can go a little bit bigger on either direction, but the, the actual degrees that are getting activated are 18 to 22 degrees in the mutable signs of Gemini, Virgo, Sag, and Pisces. And so you can look and see in your chart, do you have anything in those degrees or around those degrees in the mutable signs? And then you can tell if this one's activating your chart or your experience more than someone else. As always, we have a collective experience and then we can get to apply those collective transits and angles to our personal. And again, it's back to this as above, so below, within, without. Playing with the degrees of the range of motion and the polarities, I'm like shocked by the the alchemy of like the core calibration and the cosmic synchronization to support living in rhythm. Is (laughs) I just love it. It makes me excited because this is my life's work and my life study. And the fact that this this phase of things starting to activate, where I can see that the 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 coming together and the synthesis of these concepts, it's it's really giving me, it's, it's almost liberating because I, for a long time, I felt like they're, they were so compartmentalized and had no place to go. Um, the fact that they're coming together in this unique way, this is, I've been doing this in my teaching, like when I teach sessions, but it's really cool to be able to share it through the, through the pod and speak it, you know, cause it's, again, it's a whole nother angle. It's not just the physical body anymore once we speak. So back to this T square, mutable T square, just like in our embodiment practice, we have the angles, the polarity, the oppositional energies. And with the T square, that's what's so cool about the T square is you have the right side, the left side, maybe the root. You have the three points. Where's that fourth direction? This is one thing I've learned in a physical practice is that if everything's all cattywampus to one direction, I need to send it toward the opposite, opposite angle in order to create some balance. This is true for the mutable T-square. So the T-square is happening. I know I'm giving a lot today, but you can handle it. So the, the mutable T-square is happening with Mars retrograde in Gemini, and that's opposite. So Mars is opposite Venus and Mercury in Sagittarius. So we have the Gemini and Sagittarius opposition, and then we have the square with Neptune in Pisces. The missing of the four of that modality of mutable signs is Virgo. And so we're looking to bring balance in distribution between the mutability of Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Virgo. So I talked about Pisces and Sag, the mutability in Gemini is really cool because it's about being able to like talk about concepts and beliefs. Mutability in Gemini is being able to gather data. And so it's not even judging the data. It's just gathering the data. Sagittarius will take it into the synthesis and the the judgment to some degree, you know, but the the Gemini, it reminds me of I'll I'll never forget like in elementary school, this is like going way back, but I loved when I first heard the concept of brainstorming because it's sort of that, uh, you know, you're not supposed to knock down ideas in brainstorming, especially if you're in a group and, you know, you're like dropping your ideas and then someone drops an idea and you think it's absurd or offbeat and, you know, you don't, you don't judge it. You put it on the list anyway. That's a Gemini quality to just brainstorm and gather. That's the mutability of being open to all options. We're just gathering information. We're not judging it. We're open to it. I want to gather it and see. That's what Gemini does. That's the mutability of Gemini. The mutability of Virgo starts to think more critically about it. So Virgo begins to analyze and deconstruct and detail orient and it, it, it categorizes almost it starts to put it starts to put things in their place a little bit and organize it in a way that by the time it gets to sagittarius sagittarius can then ooh let's put them all back together into one big one big thought process or one big ideology or philosophy but it has to come from this place of being organized of brainstormed through the Gemini and then organized and thought critically around through the Virgo. And then it gets to Sag and it has an opportunity to then synthesize so that we can apply. And the application really starts to show up as we get closer to Capricorn, but the the application process is happening through the Sagittarius, the synthesis of the Sagittarius energy. Okay. So hopefully you're still with me. So here's the thing. If we have this mutable T square that's affecting Gemini, Sag, Pisces the most, we need to send a little energy into the Virgo sign, the sign of Virgo. So this is where to move forward, to activate this, this energetic square, we want to start to feel in to the range of motion. This is where we play. If you have an idea or a concept or something that you're working on, you kind of play with it and explore. What would happen if I go a little bit more this way? If I take the thought, thought experiment, if I take the thought this direction, as far as I can go to where then it gets to be out of range. And so you bring it back to center. Then you take it in the other direction. Play with that. The opposite. Hmm. I don't know. And then you bring it back to center. And what I love about squares is that the squares get to, it reminds me of the four-way stop. I'm at the four-way stop sign. I'm stopping and you look right and you look left and you look forward and you look right and you look left and you look forward and it becomes a dance. And you just, which is the, you know, and it's so beautiful because then you can choose. What's the, here's the best part is when you're tuned in, centered in your, your center of gravity you're anchored into your orc field and you expand out, you can feel the potentiality. Where's the energy? Where am I being called? Where am I being guided to at this juncture? From that clarity, from that place, we're starting to alchemize our, phys, our spirituality. We can begin to alchemize our mental processes and use them to actually move us forward. it's all about transformation and change. We're looking to change our state of being. We can amplify it. We can expand it. We can hold it steady and maybe circulate. Here's the best part is like, it might not look like change from the outside, but that's why we call it inner alchemy because it happens inside first and then starts to show up in the world, in this, in the third dimension and beyond. So I'm so glad I'm anchored right now because I feel I can feel the broadness and the vastness of this conversation today. <laughs> um, so take a deep breath and root into your center a little bit more. See if you can expand a little further with me for a few more moments. We're gonna talk about this. I I really am am thinking about the ways that that we can when we find ourselves at these squares or at these oppositional forces where things feel a little, there's a little bit more friction, we can activate, we can engage and assert ourselves through our senses, being able to tune in and, and pivot. We can change and transform. I mean, this is the whole thing. is like when you get a message and you get an insight, the trick is, is to see how you can, if you can change, if you can transform it. If we can, sometimes we have to straight up pivot and sometimes we just evolve through and that's all very personal and relative to whatever the situation is that's at hand. This is the session. This is what I'm practicing in my own life deeply right now is really being able to allow myself to be present and anchored enough to adjust accordingly from one moment to the Other, from one moment to the next, from one day to day, from one emotion to another, from one thought to another. You know, there's a lot of heavy stuff that can easily keep us down and in or heavy in our gravity. And from that place, there's not a lot can get done. We want to move the energy, we want to stay anchored, but we want to be able to move the energy. And that being able to move the energy is, is reliant on our capacity to actually transmute and transform the spiritual and the physical. Mhm. And here's the thing too, all, the last thing on this alchemy bit, you know, they, they, the root of alchemy talks a lot about how it's transforming the base metals like mercury and lead into gold. That's the ancient practice of, you know, some of the ideas and concepts of where alchemy begins. If we think about it on a third dimensional level too, this is very much about our capacity to manifest and create our reality, turn our reality to gold. Stay gold, pony boy. (laughs) To see how can you take a position that feels heavy as lead and make it light and bright and shiny as gold and again there's not a right or wrong it's just about being able to transform it because once you transform it that that root is always there we're rising from that root we can expand from that base we can expand from the base metal from the base and expand and rise out and the question is is like how far what, what are how far are we willing to let our orc field, our orc range of motion go while we're still anchored. And these are the times. I feel it in my heart of hearts. We're looking to truly, truly root our center of gravity and expand our radiance. Take that full range of motion in our orc field and let our soul shine. <laughs> How bright can you be? How light can you be? What vibration are you bringing? And it's just like, it's so cool because it's, we help each other. The more of us that are doing this, the more of us that can start to feel the comfort and the, the permission to let ourselves change. And this is like a phrase, if you've been studying with me for a while, you've heard me say it, go ahead, let yourself change. I dare you double dare. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's, it's really, really time for us to embody this inner alchemy that we've been cultivating. If you've been listening to me so far today, you've been, you have your own deep, rich practice of inner alchemy and cheers to that. I want to encourage all of us that have that foundation to go ahead and let ourselves change to root and then rise and expand and let ourselves evolve and transform in this transformative time. To actually change our state of being, to materialize new, new, in a new capacity, to materialize in a new way. Change that state of being, elevate your form, elevate your vibration, and let your soul shine. Yeah. Okay. So balance out the vibes y'all we're just balancing out the vibes I hope you enjoyed this sesh I always do thank you so much for listening I appreciate you I'm grateful for you and I got so much love for you so stay centered and then expand yourself let that soul shine y'all blessings and love peace